happy Easter to all of you. I want to welcome every single person tuning in from the other side of the camera. Boy, happy Easter to you. No matter where you come from, we are excited to connect with you today. What a great day it is. I know there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world, but can I just tell you that we have reason to rejoice today, and it is because the tomb is empty and because Jesus got up from the grave. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen. I just want to welcome all of you. This isn't normal. We're normally meeting, and I'm normally in a room filled with hundreds and hundreds of people. But right now, I'm looking into a camera and knowing that there are thousands and thousands of you on the other side. And I just want to welcome you. We're glad that you're joining with us this Easter. And Easter might be different for all of us. It is. I mean, we, we had all these Easter plans. I know you had Easter plans. Maybe you're going to go over to your grandmother's house or... Maybe you were going to take the kids on an egg hunt. You were going to do something fun. You were going to do all this stuff. And, and let's face it, because of, of what's going on in our world, everything has just changed. And our plans just got messed up. They just got thrown out. Can I just tell you something, though? I believe that maybe Easter was perfectly positioned in the middle of a dark time like this so that we could find some hope in our world today. Amen. I believe that maybe there's a reason why Easter would fall right in the middle of a pandemic crisis like we're experiencing because God wanted to remind us of his hope. And so no matter where you are and what you're going through, what you feel inside, can I just tell you that this day that we celebrate, this day, it matters. It matters to you, it matters to me, and it changed our world. And I believe that God wants to change something in each of us today. You know, the story of Easter is not just a religious one. If you're new and you're just following or you just jumped on to one of our platforms, our online platform or Facebook, YouTube, and you're, you're curious about this, can I just tell you that Easter is not a religious holiday. It's actually an event that took place. It is a historical event that really took place where God showed the world how much he loves us by sending his son Jesus to die, but even more so to come back to life to show us that there is hope on the other side. And I would love to just take a moment, if I could, and read to you from a, a section of the historical account that we find Luke. Luke was one of the guys who was around Jesus' time. And Luke, he took a moment to write down, and he, listen, Luke was a physician. So if there's anyone that we can trust in this moment, I believe that it is Luke. And that Luke, in this moment, he would write down an eyewitness account of all the things that took place with Jesus. And if I could just read to you out of Luke chapter 24 today. I believe that God has a word for you. That God wants to speak something into your heart. I know you might be sitting on your couch. You could be in your bedroom. You could be in your car. But I believe that God has a word for us today, this Easter. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1, it says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning... The women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. It says that they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has been risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, 
and on the third day be raised. It says, then they remembered his words. Hey, listen, no matter where you are on this journey of faith, whether you're unsure of God and whether he exists, whether you're a skeptic, maybe you were someone who believed in him at one point, but because of life, doubts crept in and you just walked away, or whether you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, can I tell you something? Maybe God wants to remind us of something this Easter, and the greatest thing he would remind you of is the fact that he loves you. Can I tell you that God is for you? He's not against you, that God believes in you, even if you do not believe in him. And so today, as I share this word, would you do me a favor right now? Would you just take a moment to quiet your heart and just allow me to pray? And let's invite the presence of God into our homes and into our hearts. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you now so grateful for the gift of your son, Jesus. We're grateful for the mercy that we have because of his sacrifice for us. And so this Easter... God, I pray for those who maybe feel far away from you right now. Those who are living in fear over the situation. Those who, God, um, are wondering if you are real. I pray, God, right now in these moments, that no matter where we are, scattered all over, not just central Ohio, but beyond that, God, I pray that your presence would meet us. And I pray, God, that your word would penetrate our hearts. That, God, you would reveal to us right now in these moments that you are alive and that we can trust you. And so God, right now, we just, we give you this moment, we give you this time, that you would speak to us. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen, amen. Hey, you can go ahead and grab a seat. It's great to have you this Easter. Listen, wherever you're joining us from, I just want to welcome you and say we're glad that you're joining us today, whether it's on NBC4 or you're watching this online, Facebook, YouTube. Hey, we're excited that you're with us today. Have you ever noticed, and I just have a question, have you ever noticed that people will tell you that the older you get, the more you forget? Have you ever heard people say that? That the older that you get, the more your memory goes. Can I just tell you that I'm starting to wonder if that's hitting me? Now, I'll just tell you this. I have always had a really good short-term memory, but I've had a terrible long-term memory. I mean, I, I have had an amazing like, short-term memory. It has served me well when I did not study and prepare for tests. All I would do was scan the page for a quick moment. Take a, I, I have almost a photographic memory where I would just take a, a snapshot of the page, and I could reflect and I could remember and recall what's on that page. It helps me when I preach. It helps me in a lot of things. I've had a great short-term memory, but can I tell you this? I've always had a really awful long-term memory. Like, you know, I hear people talk about their childhood. I hear them talk about, like, all these things when they were kids. My wife, she's like that. Like, I, I hear people talk about these childhood, like, oh, my, I knew my, my first grade teacher. And, oh, I had this boyfriend in third grade. And, oh, I had this girlfriend. And, oh, we did this. Can I just tell you, I don't remember any of it. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I don't remember hardly any of my childhood. Now, before... Some of you wonder, was it because you had an awful childhood? No, I didn't. I had a great childhood. I had great parents. It's not that I blocked it out. I just have had a terrible long-term memory. Now, my wife, is, it's the exact opposite. 
My wife has an amazing long term. She remembers so much from her childhood. She can recall all these different moments when she was little and all this. I can't remember a thing. In fact, not only that, but she remembers everything from our daughter's childhood. Like our girls. And you'd think, I I would remember that. Can I just tell you, I don't even remember when my girls were little that much. I don't remember these moments, but my wife will. She'll, she'll, like, she'll say to me, she'll like, oh, do you remember when we went to Lauren's, uh, um, her first grade recital? Do you remember when we went? It was so good. She was so cute. We bought that special little dress, that black dress. She had those little patent suede shoes. Remember those little cute patent suede shoes? And then I put her hair in that pigtail, and I remember curling, and I had that little cute ribbon. Remember with the beads that I got for $2.99 at Target? It was such a great deal. Do you remember that? And I always like, no, I, I don't remember any of that. I can barely remember their names and get them right all the time, let alone remember those moments. I have, I've got a terrible long-term memory, but I have a, I've got a great short-term memory. At least I thought I had a great short-term memory. Now, I don't know if this has happened to any of you, but lately, can I just say what's happened to me? Lately, I have found myself forgetting what I'm about to say right before I say it. Has that happened to any of you? Or am I the only one? I, I literally, I, I mean, this has happened to me almost every week, okay? So I just, I, I don't know if I'm getting older. I don't know if there's something happening. But I'll be on the phone with somebody, and I'll be talking to them, and we'll be having a conversation, and I'm about to respond, and oh, I got it in my mind what I'm going to say. And I'll start talking, and the moment I start talking, I will just stop. And I'll say, and you know what? I forgot what I was about to say. Has that ever happened to any of you? Literally, it'll just goo, gone. It'll just disappear in a moment. I'm getting scared because it keeps happening to me over and over and over. Can I just ask, please pray for me? I could really use your prayers. You know what's interesting? As I was thinking about, though, the story of Easter. And I was thinking about the story of Jesus in this moment. I was thinking about how it seems like everybody in this story... Every single person seemed to have an awful short-term memory. It seemed like every single person forgot what Jesus said was about to happen. In fact, when you look at the account in Luke that we had talked about, when you look at this account, what you discover is that these women went on the first day of the week. Some women who were with Jesus, they had seen his death, they had seen him put into the tomb, And then on the first day of the week, on Sunday, Luke tells us in Luke 24, early in the morning, early in the morning, when it's still dark, that they went to the tomb carrying spices. Now, before some of you think, oh, so they were going to maybe make Jesus a meal. They took some spices so they could cook him something. Can I just tell you, no, that's not the case, actually. Here's something that was customary in the Jewish tradition And that is that they would often take spices and they would anoint a body to preserve it from the smell of decomposition. And so though Jesus had already been uh, um, anointed, by, he would already happen, they came as a way of honoring Jesus to do it again. And so these women, they come to the tomb. They go to the gravesite with these spices, not expecting to see Jesus alive, but to put spices on his dead body. And when they get to the tomb, whoo, shock and amazement. When they get to the tomb, here's what they discover. He's not there. There's no body when they get to the tomb. This is a shock. Nobody expected this. Can I tell you that? Nobody expected to get to the grave and his body be gone. They thought for sure he was going to be there when they showed up. Here's a phrase I've heard a pastor say before that I love. I love this phrase. And that is this. Nobody expected nobody you get that 
Nobody expected nobody. In other words, no one expected to show up and there was going to be nobody there. That's how you know, by the way, that this story is not made up. Because if you were going to write this story, you would not write it this way. That all of his followers and the people that heard him talk about what was going to happen, you would never write the story this way. The only reason why the story is this way is because it's actually how it happened. And so here are these women. They go to the, to the tomb, and, and it's empty. And they go into, imagine going into, I've been to Israel, so I've seen where they think this tomb is. And imagine that they go inside of this tomb, and it's a dark cave. Okay, that they're inside and they're standing there puzzled and they got their spices with them and there's no body and they can't believe there's no body. They weren't expecting there to be no body and they get there and all of a sudden Luke tells, and this was the account that they told him, that two men, probably an angels, two men dressed in white like lightning appeared out of nowhere, just as suddenly appeared right there with them. Now, can I just tell you, that would freak you out. Can you imagine being at a gravesite? It's dark. You're inside of a tomb. When all of a sudden two men dressed in white show up, you're thinking, I'm going to need one of those tombs in just a moment. And so they, they get freaked out, so scared. They get down on their knees. They get down on their faces thinking this is a supernatural divine moment. And that's when these two men, most likely angels, tell them, no, 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 get up, get up, get up. And these two men, they said something really fascinating to the women. They said this, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why did you even come here? Why did you show up in a graveyard looking for Jesus? Well, the obvious answer is because they did not expect to find Jesus alive. They expected to find a body. Why else would you show up? And I was thinking about this phrase, why do you look for the living among the dead? And I couldn't help but think, and I wonder if maybe this would resonate with you today, and it resonates with me, that do we do that? Do we do that in life? How often do we look for things that are alive in places that are dead? How often do we go to situations and how often do we go into relationships and we go to different places and we're looking for something to come alive inside of us, but we're going to dead places. I think that many of us today in our culture, honestly, we're going to dead places to find something that's alive. What do I mean by that? That many of us today, we're going to places like, like we're, we're going to a career and we're going to a job and we're trying to find some kind of value or significance only to spend 20 years and say, I don't feel it. That's why so many people are looking for peace in a bottle or they're looking for peace in a drug, but it just leaves them even more dead. That's why so many people, they look in relationship and they go from person to person or from hookup to hookup because they're trying to find something to bring them alive on the inside. The problem is, is that most of us are going to dead places trying to find something to make us feel alive. Can I ask you maybe that there's some places that maybe that you have gone in your life only to find out that there's death there. Only to find out that I, I thought this would bring life to me, but it, but it hasn't. And the truth is, nobody plans for it, but what we do is we go to places we think will bring life, but in the end, it brings death. It reminded me of a Proverbs. Let me read this to you. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says this, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. 
I wonder if some of you can relate to that. That, that there's a way that so many of you, is, I'm just trying to follow my heart. I'm just trying to follow the fun. I'm just following the opportunities. I'm just going where my heart feels. Can I just tell you that Proverbs is so true. There's a way that feels or that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. It reminds me of the words of Jesus. Jesus said something so profound once. Here's what Jesus said. He said, what does it profit someone to gain the whole world and lose their soul? What good is it if we get all the money and all the wealth and we have a big 401k and we have all this stuff, but deep down inside, we're miserable? What does it matter if we lose the greatest part of who we are, if we lose our soul? And so as these angels, they would speak to these women, they said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Can I tell you something today? The only thing that can bring us alive is someone that is alive. The only thing that can bring life to you is something that is alive in you. And this is what we need reminded of. They need reminded of something. When I think about this moment, that's exactly what these angels, they said. They said, we need to remind you of something. They said, don't you remember what Jesus said to you? Can I, can I remind you? I wonder if today maybe you just, you and I, we need a little bit of a reminder this Easter of what God wanted to do in that moment, what he wants to do in, in us right now. Here's, here, let me read this for you. This is what they said in verses 6 and 8 in Luke 24. They said this, he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and then on the third day be raised again. It says this, then they did what? Everybody say that word with me right where you are at home. I know it might be weird, but then they remembered his words. They had to be reminded. Don't you remember when he told you? Do you know that on no less than three different occasions that Jesus told his followers, his disciples, of exactly what was going to happen to him? Jesus predicted the events of his death, burial, and resurrection to perfection. On at least three occasions, and some he dropped hints. I mean, but he, he was so clear to say, here is exactly what's going to happen. Listen, this wasn't just... This wasn't like, well, years ago. This wasn't like, well, I got a terrible long-term memory. I can't remember this. No, Jesus told them what was going to happen just days before it happened. In fact, I want to read to you in Matthew 20. Matthew wrote down uh, one of the times when Jesus told them this was on their way to Jerusalem. This was literal. This wasn't weeks. This wasn't months before. But this was days before the events took place that we celebrate on Easter. In Matthew 20, here's what it says in verse 17. It says, now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. And on the way, he took the 12 aside and he said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Can I ask you a question? How much clearer can it get? This was days before it happened. 
How much clearer can Jesus be when he lays out every single thing that is going to happen and it happened exactly like that? Can I give you an illustration of what this would be like today? Because I, I think sometimes we forget how impactful what he said was. This would be like a friend calling you up today and telling you, hey, listen, I had a dream that uh, this week that you are going to buy a Mega Millions lottery ticket. So even if you're going to, if you weren't going to, I had a dream you might want to buy one. I had this dream that you were going to buy a Mega Millions lottery ticket. And I saw the ticket and the numbers were 44, 32, 12, 16, 24, and the kicker was 40. I saw it. Do I need to repeat it? You might want to write it down because I don't know. I had this dream. And you were going to buy this lottery ticket. And on Friday when they draw the Mega Millions, it was going to be worth over $100 million. You're going to have the winning ticket. And then all of a sudden you bought a ticket on Wednesday. And on Friday you're sitting there and they call out the numbers. And it is exactly right. You got it all. Bam, you hit the lotto. You get so excited. And he said to you on the phone in advance, he said, now listen. Listen, you're going to celebrate. You're going to be so excited that you hit the lotto that you're going, to, you're going to party, maybe a little bit too much. And when you wake up on Saturday, you're not going to be able to find the ticket. Oh, I had this dream. You're not going to be able to find the ticket. You're going, to be, you're going to freak out. You're going to wonder what happened. How do we lose the ticket? And you're going to search the whole house, but you won't be able to find it. And so then you're going to think, oh, your wife must have just thrown it away because your wife throws away everything important. And you're going to think that's what happened, but you're not going to be able to find it. But can I tell you what's going to happen on Sunday? On Sunday, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be, you know, just miserable because you just lost millions of dollars. But you're going to do your laundry and you're going to reach into the pockets of a pair of jeans that have been in your laundry basket. And you're going to pull out the lottery ticket and you're going to have the ticket. Now, I want you to imagine that a friend told you just that whole crazy story and you went and bought a lottery ticket. And then on Friday, you checked it and you hit big. And then you partied a little bit too much. And then you woke up on Saturday and you couldn't find the ticket anywhere. Now, can I ask you a question? If that happened, would you just be like, oh, man, this is awful. I'm just depressed. I guess we just lost millions of dollars and just go about your business. Or can I ask you a question? Would you go and dump out every piece of dirty laundry in your entire house and reach through every single pocket and see if you can't find that lottery ticket? Can, can I just say that the specificity for which Jesus spoke when he told them all of the events, this was days before it happened, and then imagine Jesus said, hey, guess what? They're going to hand me over to the, to the Gentiles, and they're going to beat me, and they're going to whip me, and then they're going to crucify me, and then all of those things happened, and then they're going to put me in the grave. But on the third day, can I tell you a little, little secret? I'm coming back to life on the third day. Now, if all that happened, can I ask you, and this was just days before, don't you think on the third day that you'd be thinking, okay, where are you? Don't you think, see, here's what's crazy to me. They forgot everything that Jesus told them. How do you forget when Jesus predicts exactly the way it goes, and then it goes that way, and somehow you forget? Why? Because nobody expected to find him alive. Nobody. Even though he had told them everything. And so these angels, they say, have you already forgotten? It's, it's amazing to me when it comes to life. When I think about how sometimes we forget things that maybe we shouldn't forget. I, I guess I was just, just kind of thinking, how in the world do they forget after everything that Jesus said would happen, happened? And the only thing I can think of is that maybe the pain of what happened on Friday overshadowed 
their memory of what Jesus said. Maybe the pain of watching the one they love and watching their Lord and Savior, maybe the pain of watching him die was enough to override their memory and they couldn't remember. And he said, I'm coming back on the third day. I wonder if that could also be true for us. That I wonder if maybe for you, as you're watching this, as you're listening to this, that maybe there was a time in your life where, where you really believed God. There was a time in your life where you had faith in God. There was a time in your life where you even followed him. But then all of a sudden, the pain of life, the pain of the moments and your situations and your circumstances that changed so drastically, all of a sudden when those moments happened that you lost your your memory. You lost your short-term and your long-term memory. All of a sudden, with the pain of life crowds in, and, and you, you, you wonder why God did not heal somebody that you prayed for, and, and so all of a sudden, you started to doubt, and you quit believing because, because it didn't happen the way you, you thought that it was going to happen, or, or whatever it might be in your life. But I think about so often, even right now, we're going through this pandemic, and this, the fear overruns our life, and what happens is we forget we forget the words of Jesus. We forget what Jesus said in those moments. You know, I found it's easy to forget the good when life gets bad. Isn't it? It's, it's so easy to forget the sunshine when it's raining. It's easy to forget that we've been blessed when we're dealing with a burden. It's easy to lose hope when we go through a dark situation. It's so easy in a moment to forget the goodness of God, to forget the power of God, to forget the hope that God wants to get the moment our life gets difficult. You know what I've discovered about my memory? I have a terrible long-term memory. I, don't, I really don't remember a whole lot pretty far back in my past, but here's what I have discovered, and I think this is true for all of us, and that is this, that we actually tend to remember most the things that we want to forget the most. What, what I'm trying to say is this. Here's what I've discovered in my life. I tend to remember all the bad things that I've done. How about you? I tend to remember all the times when I lied to my parents when I was a kid. See, I don't remember a lot when I was growing up, but I remember the moments where I failed. I remember the moments where I cheated someone. I remember the moments where I betrayed a friend. I remember the moments where I feel like I let everybody down. I remember the moments where I doubted God. Isn't it crazy how we can maybe not have a great memory about so many things in our past, but we can always seem to remember our failures? Can I tell you that's what shame does? That's what guilt does, is it reminds us over and over again of how we're not worthy of God's love, of how we don't have enough faith to believe in God. Because of our situation, it's constantly reminding us. And can I just say that this is where we often get lost when it comes to our faith. What I have found is these are the moments where we tend to, we tend to start doubting. These are the moments maybe in our journey, and I don't, I don't know what your journey has looked like, and I don't know what your experience has been, but what I have seen as a pastor is that this is where we get messed up in our faith because of what we thought God would do, and then he didn't. And so many of us, like right now, dealing with this pandemic and how it's affected so many people are losing their jobs and their income or health or losing loved ones to this, and so often when these situations happen, we forget the goodness of God because all we can see is the pain of the moment. And we start to wonder, where is God? 
Have you at any point during the last few weeks maybe even wondered, where are you, God? Because it seems like God isn't here. Can I tell you something? So often we think that the presence of our pain must be the absence of God. And so when we're going through something like we're going through right now, we just say, okay, God, where are you? We feel like we're stuck in Saturday. We feel like there is no Sunday. There is no Easter. There is no third day. We can't even see. We can't even believe that there is hope on the other side of whatever situations that we go through. But if I could just tell you this truth, and I hope you hear me today, that listen, that the presence of pain does not mean the absence of God. In fact, if I could just say it this way, that I believe even more so that in the presence of pain, that is where you can find the presence of God. That God will meet us in the middle of it. We think God's here to keep us out of it. That's not the way it works. Is that I've found sometimes the most precious moments with God are found in the presence of pain. They're found in a moment. And so it's interesting to how we can forget. And I was thinking about how Jesus told his disciples minutes before they arrested him. Told him, you should expect this kind of pain. You should expect, this is the world that we live in. In fact, Jesus said these words, if I could read them to you. John 16, verse 33. Jesus said this. He said, I have told you these things. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, he said what? You will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus said, guys, we're going to face trouble. We're going to face difficulty. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be pain. I'm telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you don't lose faith. And I think about how Jesus told his disciples, guys, over and over, this is what's going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem, and they're going to arrest me, and I'm not going to say a word. And I came for this purpose, and they are going to crucify me. And then it happened. And then it's going to be dark, and it's going to feel hopeless. But let me tell you that on the third day, I'm coming back. Somehow we get stuck between Friday and Sunday. And somehow when it comes to our faith, we forget that Jesus said, I have never left you. I will never forsake you. That I am with you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You can fear no evil for I will be with you. We forget that God says, I'm going to walk with you in this moment. And I just wonder, maybe this Easter, if God wants to give you an empty tomb moment. I know you might be in your bedroom, you might be watching this in your car, or you might be uh, listening to it in podcasts, but I'm telling you right now, in this moment, I believe that the very Spirit of God maybe wants to give you an empty two moment, like those two women. And maybe you say, well, I don't believe in God. Guess what? Those women didn't believe he was alive either. But this is the moment where God wants to show up. He wants to remind you of a few things. He wants to remind you of his grace. He wants to remind you. He said, they said, remember what he told you. Remember, all this is part of his plan, not to harm us, but to bring the salvation of the world. Remember, and if I could tell you this Easter, if there's something I would pray that we could remember, because I think a lot of us, we don't feel worthy of God's love. A lot of us wonder where God is. and We don't, we don't know where he is. Can I just say, there's something I want to remind you and that maybe God's presence wants to remind you of. It's what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. I think so often it's easy to forget that moment too in this story. 
we forget what Jesus did for us. You see, the, the things that I can't get out of my memory, my failures, my sin, my shame, my guilt, all the things that I've done, the way I feel like I've messed up and I've failed and I, the things I told God I'll never do this again and then I did it again. Even in those moments, I wonder if God wants to remind you today of what Jesus did for you on the cross. You see, Jesus, he died a sinner's death. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross, listen, to pay the price and the penalty for your sin and for my sin. Jesus died a sinner's death so that you and I could experience life and life to the fullest. Jesus experienced, he carried the cross so that you and I don't have to carry shame anymore. Jesus did all of that so that we could be made right with the Father, so that he could forgive us of everything, past, present, and future, so that we could eliminate that. Jesus did that for you and me on the cross. And today, I wonder if God wants to remind you of his grace, if God wants to remind you of his mercy, if he wants to remind you of what he did on the cross and what he did with the Tomb. See, I don't know about you, but the, in dealing with all of this, can I just tell you today, I feel like I needed a resurrection reminder. I don't know if you did, but I feel like I needed a resurrection reminder today. Through all this COVID-19 mess and the pandemic and the fear and the uncertainty, and we're scared and we don't know what's going to happen and we're, we're unsure of the future, maybe what we need this Easter is a resurrection reminder, a reminder that Jesus is alive, a reminder that Jesus has conquered death death, hell, and the grave, a reminder that there is hope on the other side. Can I tell you that the empty tomb is a resurrection reminder? It's a reminder of God's grace to you and me. It's a reminder that God died so that you and I could have peace with the Father. It's a reminder that no matter what we've done, that it is not too much for God's hand to save you. It's a reminder that mercy triumphs over judgment. It's a reminder today that no matter how far away from God you feel, you need to know this, that God is here. He is near. It's a reminder to us that God is for us. It's not, he's not against us. It's a reminder today that there is life. There is hope even in the midst of darkness so listen I, I want to say to every single one of you watching this maybe this Easter God sent me to remind you to remind you that he loves you to remind you that there is hope to remind you that no matter what you're going through no matter what you're facing that there is an empty tomb and it says that the moment those angels told them about the words Jesus spoke, it says, and they remembered his words. And I pray today that all of us, that we could remember the goodness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus this Easter. Listen, no matter where you are, no matter where you're watching this from, and I know it might be strange, you got people around you, but I would love for us to connect in a moment of prayer, just us and God in this moment. And so I want to invite you, would you just, maybe if you just kind of quiet down, I know a lot of distractions at home, but what does it look like for, for just us in this moment to maybe just close our eyes, just to concentrate, just to think. Maybe if you've never prayed before, this is one of those moments you're just going to put your thoughts on God. And let's pray together today. Dear Lord, we come to you. 
desperately needing a reminder this Easter that your grace is sufficient. God, we came here today not knowing what to, know, what to believe about the future, not knowing what to believe about the situation that we're in. But God, right now in this moment, Lord, I thank you for reminding us of your grace, reminding us, God, that you have not left us, that you're in this moment. Lord, I pray as we, many of us, feel like we're in a dark time, people are afraid, worried, full of fear and doubt that, God, you're going to show up in this moment. That many of us are like these women and all of Jesus' disciples who went to the empty tomb not believing that you would be alive. But God, I pray that today, that this Easter, that it is a resurrection reminder that Jesus, you defeated the grave. And that God, if your spirit dwells inside of us, that we do not have to live in fear that we don't have to worry about tomorrow because, God, we know the one who holds tomorrow in his hands that we can trust in you. And so, God, I pray your peace and your presence right now over every person. Listen, as we're praying, I just wondered this Easter, if you're sensing the presence of God right where you are, I just wonder this Easter if maybe God is he's grabbing at your heart. Can I tell you that that is the Spirit of God who right now is speaking to you. And He's inviting you to receive Him. He's inviting you into a relationship with Him. And some of you today, you're just really sensing that I need this. I want to know the presence of God. I want to follow Jesus. I, I want something, someone who's alive to make me feel alive. And the truth is that some of you would say that maybe you have gone to dead places looking for things that are alive that you have pursued relationships and career and money and stuff and all these things trying to, to fill an emptiness inside. Can I tell you there's nothing inside, there's nothing in those things that's going to fill that empty void that's inside because, listen, that space was resigned for God because you need that moment with God, that empty tomb moment where he fills you with his life and he fills you with his presence and he forgives all of your sin and he gives you a new life. And I believe that maybe many of you, it's time. It's time to respond. This is the good news of Jesus. The greatest thing that you could do in this moment is say yes to Jesus. The greatest thing that you could do is say, God, I need you to make me alive. I need to ask you to come into my life. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I don't wanna carry the shame of yesterday into tomorrow. God, I want your peace, and I want your presence, and I want to walk with you every day. I believe maybe some, if not many of you today, it's time to say yes to Jesus. It's time to say fully, to give him fully your entire life to say yes. If that's you today, and you say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm coming to the Father through Jesus today. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. But before we do that, I want you to click this banner right here on our online platform. You're going to say, today I gave my life to Jesus. If you're watching on another platform, would you just dump in the chat? Would you say, today I accept Jesus as my Savior. Today I accept Jesus. Today I surrender my life to Jesus. Just click that banner. There's something about responding in this moment, saying, I am reaching up to you, God. I'm reaching out for you. Would you save me? Would you change me? Would you forgive me? I'm surrendering my life to you today. If that is your prayer, no matter where you are on the other side of that camera, would you pray this prayer with me right where you are? This is a, 
There's nothing magical about the words, but it's about the posture of your heart right now. By faith, I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. If that's your prayer today, would you pray this with me? You say, Lord Jesus, today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you now to forgive me of all my sin. Today, I'm coming to you to surrender it all, to say, will you be my Lord? Will you be my God? I believe that you died for me and that you rose again to give me new life. So today, I receive that new life. Today, I say, I am all yours, and I choose to follow you all the days of my life. And we pray all of these things together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.